Cutting Out Early, the podcast. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I'm in a glass case of emotion! With Max, Zach, and Alex. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! Well, we're waiting. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, another fun-filled, exciting episode of the Cutting Out Early podcast here on a Thursday, November 18th, 2021, episode number 46. Uh, This is Max Major. We have Zach Montgomery to my left, and we are rolling. And an empty chair to your right. That's that's right. Yep. Uh, Two-man show today, but uh, we might have a special guest caller in in a little bit. So, uh, can't stay away. <laughs> Stand by for that. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Glad to have you guys aboard. Um, at the start of the show, I will say this because we never say this at the start of the show. And the people who don't make it to the end of the show, they may not know. Go to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, wherever you listen. Give us a like, get us a review, get us a rating, write something, send us an email, cuttingoutearly.podcast at gmail.com. Um, we want to hear from you guys. We want to get our reviews up. We want to get our ratings up. Uh, we want to get less hate mail and more fan mail, I guess you could say. <laughs> right, Zach? It's tough. It's tough. There's <laughs> so, a lot of hate. So so we're, we're, we're uh, strumming along here, uh, but we're having a great time. And Absolutely. Tell Whoa. a friend. Oh, Zach. Sorry, guys. That's ridiculous. Oh, oh my God. Well, uh, make sure you still give us a five-star review, Even... minus the uh, <laughs> audio glitches that we do every time. To time. <laughs> but we're here. It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday Night Football Thursday. Um, but for those of you listening, I'm sure you probably already know the result. Unless you're listening tonight. Uh, we're Atlanta and you... New England. Oh, Rematch of the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah. Or the, the – well, the – you know, the, the famous Super Bowl. Yeah, that yeah, Atlanta yeah. lost, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's tonight. The Red Wings play tonight also at 10 o'clock in Las Vegas. And I was I was talking to you as I was coming down. And I, I know this is so cliche. And I probably say this all the time for everything. But it seems like all of a sudden we're in mid-November. It's a week today from Thanksgiving, right? I know. It's crazy. Like, I, I know. I mean, it's crazy. Of course it's crazy. It's crazy. But it just seems this year, for whatever reason, it's just crazier. It just seems like all of a sudden, boom, here we are. It feels like the month of November flew by. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. We're, we're recording, like I said, November 18th. And, yeah, one week from today is Thanksgiving. So, you know, as a man of the of the media, I guess you could say, uh, in this little podcast, um, a law school grad, a GM engineer, you know, I, these facets of my life, you know, a lot of people see a lot of people do a lot of things. I like to stay up on what the kids are doing. You know, what what's what's hot, what's popular, what's what's going on in the world right now. So I think the obvious question would be, Zach, are what are the five top Thanksgiving trends for 2021? 
Wow, that's a great question. So if that hasn't crossed your mind, I, you know, I get it. I'm I'm everywhere. I'm seeing all these people. I want to know what the trends are. So where do I go? But of course, USA Today, because they seem <laughs> to have everything. So I will answer that question. What are the top Thanksgiving trends for 2021? Let me ask you this, Zach, because I am kind of curious. Uh, your favorite food for Thanksgiving and your least favorite food, if you had to pick two. My favorite One of and each. least yeah. favorite. Well, your, your least favorite and your favorite Thanksgiving food. It can be something different, special. You know, there's no rules here. Whatever you think. Hmm. Uh, my favorite. I don't know. What's going to sound? I'm a big stuffing guy. Really? Love the stuffing. No kidding. Yeah, my, my, my dad also makes this. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's a meat stuffing, but if it's the meat stuffing, it's called a dressing. That's what they call it. Well, that's what they call it up north, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he makes this meat dressing. It's like a family recipe, and it's great. Every year, it takes like three days to make. That sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> and, yeah, stop it. my least favorite, um, I'm not, I don't really like the uh, the yams. The yams? It's not that I don't like them. They're just they're just not very good. They you don't know. do anything not for the, you? Not the, uh, what am I thinking of? Are you thinking of like sweet potatoes? No, I'm thinking of like the, the beets. You know those red like beet things that are always on the Thanksgiving table? Red beets? Yeah, they come in the can. Are you talking about cranberry sauce? No, no, it's not cranberry sauce. Red beets it's in like a can? A, it's like a... Can you look this up, please? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, hold on. I'm shocked I have no idea what you're talking about. So that's your least favorite? That seems well. Little I mean, what's obscure. your least? I, I like it all. It's it. It was a tough decision. Well, some people have very strong opinions on this. I oh mean, yeah. Some some people go out and live and say, "I hate the turkey. Turkey sucks. It's dry. Nobody likes turkey." I'll never say that. I, I think turkey's fantastic. I don't know any anybody who says they don't like turkey. I'm sorry. You may have just not had a good turkey. But I love the turkey. Um, I will admit <laughs> this. I will admit this. Wait, how do you make your turkey? Uh, well, actually, my family just got a turkey from Trader Joe's. It's brined, fresh, brined. Brined. Yeah, it's as opposed to being, like, frozen or, or, you know, other way of preserving it. It's brined. Really? Yeah, so it's fresh. Uh, it's like this, like, 23-pound turkey. It's going to be great. So we're going to have Huge. a ton left. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go big or go home. My um, family was telling me they just got the turkey, too. They already put it. They already put it in the refrigerator, or yeah, refrigerator to defrost. Yeah, it takes like a week. I know it takes I was a long blown time. Away. It takes a long time to defrost in the fridge properly. Yeah. So, so that's great. Uh, no, but we just do it in the oven. You, you put okay. the put the cheesecloth over it or whatever, and then you you take it off to to baste it every like forty five minutes with butter and wine, and you just baste it with like a turkey baster. That's, I guess that's why they call it a turkey baster, because that's what they use for a turkey baster. <laughs> so you use a turkey baster to baste it with butter and wine, and and you know just keep it in the oven there for like however many hours it is. What what is it? Uh, like a half hour a pound or something? I don't know. That may, I'm not maybe an way off. Half hour every two pounds. I don't know. But regardless, yeah. I mean, we don't deep fry it. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. I would like to try deep frying it though. One thing my brother did last year, and uh, we should get him on the phone at some point, but uh, last year, I think it was, he smoked a turkey. And, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was good. That was good. That yeah, hit the spot. But that's a tedious process to I smoke I know, it takes it. forever. Oh, yeah. You got to get the right woods. Yep, yep. It's a process. But but if there's one person that could do it, it's it's Alex. <laughs> so so he's the guy. Did you find out the beets thing? Yeah, I don't. I, they are canned beets. That's what I was talking about. I can't believe you don't have these. I, I felt like they're like a staple. Canned beets. Yeah. I I I don't. You've never think. seen these? They're always on the table for some reason. 
Does someone in your family like this? I guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're weird. I don't is, understand. Is canned beets a traditional Thanksgiving food? Please email us You put us it out. It'll, it's like you use it for salads normally, you know? I, I guess. I mean, I, I have beets in Greek salads, but I never thought of beets as a Thanksgiving Yeah, they always put dish. it out there. Yeah. They always put it out? I don't okay. know. It's always out. I don't All know. Right. Maybe All I'm. Maybe we're weird. I don't know. <laughs> I I have no idea. I don't get it. It's not just my family, or not just like my immediate family too. It's we, like we my extended for, family. We need some forensic accounting on this. When we get our special guest on the phone here in a little bit, let's let's we'll see what he has him. to say. Wait, what's your least favorite? Let's hear it. I, <laughs> you're not gonna like this. It's uh, stuffing. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, this is yeah. bad taste. I, dude, I listen. It's not good stuffing, listen, or it's bad taste. There's one. There's st- no other option. <laughs> Stuffing's great. No, 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 no. It's not great. The people it's, love stuffing. It's really not great. I it, listen. You you know me. I love bread. A good slice of bread. But as far as stuffing is concerned, it's just soggy bread in a dish. It, I don't no, get it's not. it. Yes, it is. No, That's there's all lots it is. of seasoning. Well, you put vegetables in it. I understand, but the basics Celery. of it. A soggy bread you in took, a casserole you dish. You take like the the gizzard and you you boil <laughs> it and you make that you pour that in there. I look look I I don't know I've never gotten into it. It just I don't know I can't get into it. The one stuffing I've liked is my homemade White Castle stuffing, which is pretty much just chopped up White Castle mixed up with some spices. <laughs> there is a real recipe for it on the White Castle website though. <laughs> it's a real story. How many how many sliders does it take to make the White Castle like stuffing? Like fifteen. Oh my god. You need fifteen. You dice them up, toss them with some celery. They give you some spice recipe. You toss in there, <laughs> put it in the oven, and then come out and you know. They you need gotta... to be fresh. I take it. Oh, of course. They of can't course. be frozen. It, it was actually a big tradition of mine. Usually, a, a Thanksgiving morning, I would drive down to White Castle. Oh my Harper god. And get, get some White Castle. <laughs> They're open Thanksgiving morning. They're open twenty four seven, three sixty five. That's ridiculous. All the time. I think they're only closed on Christmas. That's absolutely ridiculous. But they're there. Who Although, wants White Castle on Thanksgiving night? My family's kind of put a kibosh on that because they're like, nobody eats it. We don't want to make it. It's ridiculous. So <laughs> I've been told that's ridiculous. So, so I guess, you're done. Yeah, it hasn't happened in like a couple years. So I guess that, that tradition is over. But I don't know. The stuffing, I just can't get into it. It's not my thing. I just never been a fan. Sorry. I would maybe I'll you know I'll swing by your place and try the the, the, yeah, the absolutely. stuffing that you have. We make some good stuffing. The, well, there's a dressing. My the family's dressing. celebrating on Friday too, so you could definitely make it. The Friday following Thanksgiving? Yeah. At your house? Yeah, right okay. here. All right. Well, <laughs> we could we could tell this off the podcast, but I'll, <laughs> I'll swing by on Friday. And sure. anyone listening is welcome to come. <laughs> I love it. Two thirty um, Friday. <laughs> you want to give out your address? <laughs> so. We have that. I not the stuffing guy. As far as my favorite, I mean, I I am a, a huge turkey fan. I mean, I really am a turkey fan. Um, so I, you know, if it's a good turkey, I I really have to say the turkey. I know that's cliche. The turkey or the mashed potatoes are very very close for me. Um, I will say this. I also love the mac and cheese. I mean, I know that's Is that not a Thanksgiving a, dish, though. Well, I know it's not a traditional Thanksgiving dish, but I feel like it's kind of become a little more popular over the years. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, mac and cheese on Thanksgiving is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Like, everyone like, loves mac and cheese. Well, it's... 30 years ago, mac and cheese at Thanksgiving. What are you talking about? You'd be kicked <laughs> out of the family get together. Be a disaster. Now it seems a little more acceptable, which it should be. You don't want to discriminate. <laughs> so mac and cheese is good. But, I, you know, if it's a good but, turkey, I, man. See, I, yeah. I just, the, the turkey's the star. It's the number one for me. I love the turkey. We talk, I think we talked about this last year. It's the only time of year you really eat turkey. 
Yeah, it There's is. never, you never like, you know, I'm going to go and pick up a turkey from the store. Well, unless you're talking about like sliced turkey on a sandwich. Well, yeah, but you know what that's I mean? different. Lunch meat's different, is than, that different than baking a turkey. That's true. That's true. Why no don't one, go, we, no why? one even goes and gets like a turkey breast. Why, why doesn't that happen more often? Turkey's very healthy for you. I don't know. It, it seems like it should. I've been actually buying ground turkey, so I shouldn't say Have that. you really? Yeah. Is ground turkey any good? It's okay. It gets, I mean, it's just it's just like ground beef. Really? You use it the same way, yeah. I mean, you don't, like, you wouldn't eat straight ground beef. You don't eat straight ground turkey. You just season it up and, you know, it's not better than ground beef. I will say that. <laughs> but it's healthier. thing sucks! Ugh. I don't know, man. I guess it's healthier. If you don't want red meat. Yeah. yeah, that's healthier. I Stopping guess. colon cancer. You, you know what I will say? I've heard that turkey bacon is actually less healthy than traditional, like pork bacon. Really? Because like they add so many like nitrates and sodium to the turkey bacon to make it taste like bacon. <laughs> that at that point, it's like okay, it's kind of lost its appeal because it's it's no longer healthier. Who eats turkey bacon? Anyway? I have no idea. I have no idea. Like maybe like why would you turkey bacon? It's just worse bacon. Like you can, if you're Maybe a you vegan, you can't eat pork or something. If, I don't know. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian, then you can have like tofu bacon or something. You know, think. Like, but why turkey? It's just worse. I, I don't know. It, it's not good. It's not good. And it's fried the same way. Yeah, yeah. You're so. not like cutting calories or anything. <laughs> don't ask me. I don't get it. But stuffing, yeah. Unless I change my mind from your your experience on Friday, I'll be by. I'm pretty much part of the family. <laughs> and then uh, I I gotta say the turkey, uh, at least for me, as my number one. Um, but what? are you saying what is the world saying what are the trends that's the real question because 2021 has definitely been a uh, a different year we're kind of getting back to normal but the top trends to expect at thanksgiving this year here are five things you might see in zach i would love your commentary absolutely um charcuterie boards they've blown oh, up oh my gosh an all-encompassing put it on a board my approach. family is all about these right now oh yeah absolutely my sister loves them <laughs> Absolutely loves them. How old is your sister? She's 25 now. Okay, 25. Okay, so she's in the zeitgeist of, of what's happening. In Excuse me? The zeitgeist. Say it again. Zeitgeist. I've never heard that word before. You've never heard that word? No, I've absolutely never heard that word okay. before. Okay, well, welcome to adulthood. It is a word. <laughs> the zeitgeist. Text us. Email us right now. Have I you wish heard we had zeitgeist live before? right now. Yes, people have heard of zeitgeist. Do you know what that means? Well, obviously no not. I'll get the definition. It's like what's in, what's current, the 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 pop culture, the current trends. Sure. I'll I'll Google it to get you the exact definition. Okay. Yeah, but my sister loves these things. Like every get together I've had with her over the past like I don't know six months, yeah. there's always a charcuterie board there. Uh, the defining spirit or mood of a particular period of history as shown by the ideas and beliefs of the time. Uh, for example, the story captured the zeitgeist of the late 1960s. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, what's trendy right now? But I guess charcuterie boards is it. I, you know what? That one time I was here for that football game. Yeah. Uh, the, the Spartans and Wolverines. <laughs> Play it. Come on. That was a half of a drop. <laughs> It didn't go all the way through. What happened? My, that was a laptop failure. It's my fault. Uh, I'll pull it up for you in case there you, you want to no, Boring. <laughs> zeitgeist. <laughs> for zeitgeist. Uh, a trend that was bubbling up prior to COVID-19, Nielsen says, boards were thwarted by the pandemic when we weren't exactly serving a dozen people at a time. 
but now it's gotten back because of Instagram. Boards are undeniably candy to the camera, and they're an approachable option for anyone who wants to get a little fancy. So I guess that is the deal. They they do look nice, and they're pretty easy to make. I, you, listen, you can do you just throw some cheese on there, yeah. a little salami, I mean, some as, grapes. As somebody who tries to avoid eating carbs, a, a charcuterie board is like my golden savior. <laughs> I mean, you just throw a, a, a board of meat and cheese. I'm in complete <laughs> heaven, of course. Yeah. Um. So so that's great. Um. Another trend: ordering a takeout Thanksgiving meal. What? Uh, so I guess this is going to be a trend for 2021. The coronavirus pandemic changed how restaurants operate and how we think about meals. A takeout Thanksgiving is being driven by restaurants and food outlets that have gotten really expert at delivery menu delivery menus during COVID-19, according to Nielsen. All right. Can I say something? That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> what, the point of Thanksgiving is not to order takeout. It's to make your own food. Well, that's what I thought. Well, isn't the point of Thanksgiving to get together as a, a group of family and friends yeah, and, and, and enjoy a meal? And make your okay. own meal that you enjoy. So it's about the making food process. Yeah. I get it. Okay. I, you know, I agree with you. I think ordering everyone takeout is- Everyone in the kitchen. Yeah. Everyone brings a dish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I understand. That's ridiculous. Well, for 2021, it's a, tre- it's a trend. The current USA Today. It's ridiculous. Um. Yeah. So you know, this is according to what is it, Nielsen? I'm assuming that's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Kara. When I refer to Nielsen, Kara Nielsen, the director of food and drink for WGSN, a global authority on consumer and design trends. Her job is all about spotting and forecasting trends in the food world. And she certainly has plenty to share. And she orders her Thanksgiving dinner from Boston Market. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's a bum. Yeah. <laughs> That's also a fake don't, job title. <laughs> yeah, that is a fake job. How do I get that job? <laughs> wait, wait, read it, read it one more time. Uh, I love this. Um, <laughs> that is a fake job title. Kara Nielsen, director of food and drink for WGSN, a global authority on consumer and de- design trends. Her job is all about spotting and forecasting trends spotting, in the food world. Spotting and forecasting yeah. food trends? Yeah, that's that's her position. That's Cara, what is it you do? Oh, I spot and forecast food trends. Oh, really? She's also yep. horrible at her job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, let's see how this one is. Number three, planning for a Planning for gluten-free and vegetarian Thanksgiving guests. That's the third trend of 2021. That's going to be. I big feel like that was year. a trend years ago. The days of big plate of the days of a big plate of turkey with a few supporting dishes, leaning heavily on meat, gravy, and traditional stuffing, may be behind us. With the rise in popularity of plant-based foods, we can expect to see meals with something for everyone, according to Nielsen. Whether it's <laughs> vegan, gluten-free, or other dietary restrictions. Um, oh, she has a quote in here. Everybody feels entitled to have food that works for them. Uh, so I, I guess that's what she says. I don't know if I'm being crazy or I don't know if your family's the same way. There's one vegan in my family. Of the 25 people. I don't think I know a vegan. Of the life. 25 people that are going to show up for Thanksgiving dinner with my family, <laughs> there is one. I think she's a vegetarian. And it's like one of those off and on vegetarians that, you know, one day they'll be like, no, I'm not eating that. And then they see a hamburger in front of them and like, oh, maybe I'll try that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those vegetarians. But 
That's it. Why? Why would you? You gotta make a whole meal catering to this one person out of the twenty-five. It's ridiculous. It's not just tofurkey anymore. Hosts want to make sure everyone has something that appeals to them. And not only do plant-based dishes offer more options, but they can also show off the delicious vegetables and food items of the season. And also, you can get a bean burger patty and you can just have that as your protein or whatever. And you can deal with it because that's what you did. That's your choice. <laughs> well, I, you know what? Honestly, I don't have any vegans in my family, so this has never been a concern. But So you're not really worried about the meat? The I'm not worried. Gravy. Listen, Thanksgiving does have some pretty staple foods. You know, turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, pumpkin pie. You know, yeah. th- those are those are the staples. I'm probably forgetting a few. Um, I mean, the, the only thing on there is the gravy. Gravy, and the, and cranberry the turkey, sauce, cottage the, cheese. But the gravy and the turkey is the only thing from, like, an animal, like, that is actually, like, ground up animal or something. You well, know what I, I mean? I guess. Um, but the rest of that could be vegetarian. Well, there's also gluten-free, so no stuffing, you know. I mean, it's just, it's 2021, man. Everything's getting, (laughs) you know, catering to everybody. So go, that's fine. Go ahead. But, you know, if if you're not eating turkey on Thanksgiving, I, you know, I understand vegetarians exist and they have their reasons. That's fantastic. But if you're not eating Thanksgiving turkey, then it's, is it, is it still a real authentic Thanksgiving meal? Or is it just kind of a modified Thanksgiving meal? It's you definitely know. up for debate. I, I, I think so. You know, it'd be a shame to give up turkey for Thanksgiving. That's all I'm saying. It's my opinion. People have their own. Uh, number four, apples. Apples are the trend for holiday drinks and desserts. They're not just for pie anymore. Here's a, And it's here in a big way. According to Nielsen, along with pears, when it comes to both alcoholic and alcohol-free holiday drinks. Apple is showing up everywhere from spiked seltzer to beer and cocktails, and pears are making a strong showing as well. Uh, so that's a big thing. Apples are going to kind of take over the entire gamut of the menu. I My family has a really good uh, applesauce recipe. Do they really? Yeah. Is so it like we've a, done a, it for a real years. homemade applesauce? Yeah, yeah. You know, mash the apples and everything. You know, peel them. Everything. It's great. It does sound good. Number five of 2021 Thanksgiving trends, showcasing regional and indigenous foods at Thanksgiving. So this is Nielsen. Her position, her fake position is researching this. And she says societal shifts are causing us to look anew at the Thanksgiving tradition with new lens of respecting Native Americans and Native American tradition. Also, as part of this, recognizing their contributions to the table and also recognizing the contribution of black cooks to the American table and the holiday table. So Nielsen went on saying, a lot of people are reconsidering our food culture in America and kind of looking past some of those lessons that we were taught or myths of the table. Hmm, interesting. I don't know what that means. Do you I'm know what that really means? Sh- I don't know. What What does the myth of the table mean? I don't know. The table has food on it. That's what the table is. You know? I, yeah, this is going to be a little interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need an example of something here. I just need, like, what she is she actually talking about? She doesn't I give any examples. I, there's. She said nothing, though. Like, sure, you can you can acknowledge those things, and maybe you should. But the point is, is like, what do you, how? What are you doing? She didn't acknowledge anything. It would be nice if she gave some examples, um, but it's just people, yeah, reconsidering food cultures and the myths of the table. I don't know what that means. And there's really no examples of that at all. Um, I guess she's just saying 
different food or new foods or indigenous foods or or anything in that category. Um, like local foods? You can do, she said local foods too, I, I don't right? know. Leaning into local foods can be one outcome of this process, she says. And supply chain distributions can also prompt many diners to look at sourcing more ingredients locally. So we may see more heritage turkeys and even foraged ingredients in the table this year. Uh, farm-to-table turkeys. Uh, so, I don't know. know. Locally grown produce. Maybe that's part of it. Sure. So it probably should be already, right? Well, I would, you know, think so sometimes. Some people just go to the store, but if I can find some locally grown stuff, yeah. you know, I growing, you know, own vegetables is great in the summer <laughs> at least. Uh, but that's that's Kara Nielsen, uh, director again of Food and Drink for WGSN, a global authority on consumer and design trends. And remember everybody, her job is all about spotting and forecasting trends in the food world. So where that we, is her job. Where would we be without her? I'm so thankful that we had this story to start with. So <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to do a show next week. There's no guarantees. We'll try to, No, right? I thought we were. Do you want to? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it'll have to be like on Tuesday or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. All right. That's perfect. We'll make it happen. Uh, so we'll do some more, maybe some be more Thanksgiving trends to share as we move forward in the next few days. Uh, so if you have any feedback. Please let me know. Tell I'm us what curious. you're doing on Thanksgiving. Please do. Send Your us an email. Your trends and traditions of Thanksgiving. Cutting out early dot podcast at gmail.com. And there you go. Fantastic. Um, we have some things to get to. Um, <laughs> I actually, I want to start with this because you're, you're on edge and I feel like you have something you want to get off your chest. Well, I'm actually not on edge about the 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 topic topic excuse me the topic itself, but I am on edge about what people are saying about it. <laughs> yeah, so I for those who don't know, uh, Chris Solaria, the freep, um, made an announcer published an article yesterday saying that Mel Tucker is going to sign a ninety-five million dollar contract over ten years. Do you want to get a special guest on? Yeah, we should get him on. All right. We, we're going to make a, a little bit of a I'm sure he call. has something to say. Uh, so there's this new contract coming to Mel Tucker. The The buyout clause isn't disclosed yet, but it should increase the budget for the um, assistant staff, which I think is huge for yeah. any coach sure. because you want to have the best assistants because they're the people doing the day-to-day coaching as Mel's off being the head somewhere and doing something else. I'm sure he's involved with, you know, that some of the day-to-day stuff, but it's their offense and their defense. Um, And then uh, the contract is being paid for by two donors, Matt Ishbia and St. And I don't, I cannot remember his name. I should. Oh, here it is. St. Andre, uh, Steve St. Andre. Um, So it's not even uh, university money and it will put him, Mel Tucker as the highest paid African-American coach in football, not just not just NCAA, all of football. He'll be paid higher than Mike Tomlin. Um, it pretty much silences the rumors of the LSU and USC and Florida crowds. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of um, I think I think a lot of Michigan media was pushing this agenda. I don't know how like true it was, and I, I'm sure Mel was kind of leaning into it a little bit. You weren't expecting to... this though, were you? What the big contract? Yeah. No, I was. Or I thought you thought he was going to head somewhere else and, and take some money elsewhere. No, no, I didn't think so at all. Oh, did you not? 
No, I thought he was here to stay like, okay. with what he did okay. and everything. Yeah, okay. Are you surprised how, how much it is, how big the contract is? You know, I think – so looking at this contract, $95 million over 10 years is huge, right? It's, yeah. It's a lot of money, but I think – and it maybe it is a little eye-popping at first because 10 years is a long time and $95 million is a lot of money. Yeah. But I think what people aren't seeing is that this contract – first of all, if Mel Tucker doesn't perform – you have a bio clause for a reason, and you fire the guy, right? That's sure. one thing. But also, this is a 10-year contract, and I think that over time, coaches are going to be paid more and more money. So by Michigan State getting out in front of everything and paying Mel Tucker what seems like uh, he's the second-highest paid coach in, uh, in college football right now, Yeah. It actually, you're it's getting huge. out and you're going to pay less in the long run because all these coaches are going to have renews in their contract. And they're already talking about um, Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma getting $97 million over eight years. So I think you're saving money in the long run by getting in front of this. But anyway, um, it, it's a huge statement from Michigan State's um, athletic department and their supporters, Matt Ishbia and, and such, who... Like we're a big name program now. We had Colin Collard came on uh, Instagram Live yesterday, and he Woo! said, "You know, MSU is now a big name program. They're dropping big money on big coaches." Uh, and then, and then Tucker came. You must feel good about that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Did, did, I think, that well, make you, always, did that put a smile on your face I've to hear that from saw, Colin Coward? Yeah, of course. Okay. I, we always we're always like I thought we've always been a big name program. You know, well, we don't. Of course. Maybe not. Of course, you would think that, but. Maybe not nationally as respected as much, <laughs> or even locally as respected much. Well, but. you love the underdog position, though. All Michigan State fans do. Well, like, nobody gave us a chance, well, and the, look what we did. I would say, especially the local media, does a great job of putting him in that position. Yeah. But, um, and then I guess Tucker came on a Draymond Green's new podcast, actually, and basically affirmed that Michigan State was a destination job and he was here to stay for a long time. So even though the contract isn't necessarily signed yet, it's pretty much done. All right. Well, let's get our uh, special guest on the phone. And this is great intro music. <laughs> Can I have this intro music? Let's see what he has to say. Well, howdy there. <laughs> is, this, is this Alex? It, it is. May I ask who's calling? <laughs> uh, it's the Cutting Out Early show. Cutting Out Early, early podcast with uh, Max and Zach. How are you doing? Minus oh, Alex. I, I don't want any. Well, whatever you're selling, I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, uh, for those of you listening right now, you may notice the voice. That is the familiar voice of Alex Newth. He is en route uh, across the great state of Michigan uh, in his his vehicle, driving along. Are you you using hands-free? Are you being safe? Uh, I am using hands-free calling, yes. Okay. How's the the audio? Is it okay? It's okay. It could be better. It sounds like a phone call. It sounds like a phone call. It, it sounds yeah. like it sounds like a uh, a mediocre phone call. Oh man, well, I don't like that. It sounds like you're calling into a radio station. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, caller. What's your question? <laughs> <laughs> Dear Bone, Michigan. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm not in the car. I'm just in a uh, mobile studio. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's great. We're we're, we're happy to have you there. Um, wow, we got a nice budget for a mobile studio. Now. I know it's incredible. We we've really been making some huge moves in this, <laughs> in this operation here, so we've been very pleased. Thank everyone, you know, everybody listening for your support. Much like Mel Tucker signing a big contract, we are about to sign a big advertisement deal. That's right. See, oh, is that right? It's coming. Oh, I, I can't wait for that show meeting. Cutting out early, coming. Hey, Alex, I have a question for you. 
Um, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we're a week away from Thanksgiving. We're going to do a Thanksgiving show next week, but I am curious. I, I, I have a couple questions for you. Have you ever heard of canned beets being a, a, a part of the Thanksgiving food meal tradition? Canned beets? Yeah. Like that long tube of, like, beet jelly? Yes. No, 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 no. No, that's it. No, that's cranberry sauce. No, it's not. It's not oh, cranberry sauce. Oh, that is cranberry. The, the, the tube, like, that's shaped like the can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the, cranberry the, the, sauce. The beets are also shaped like that. That's not beets, though. What are you talking about? <laughs> are you talking about beets? I just showed you the picture of it. Yeah, like, it was beets. You showed me beets. Yes, I did. Okay, so, Alex, not canned cranberry sauce, because there is canned cranberry sauce, and we do have that every year. We're talking about canned beets, just beets in a can. Is that part of your sounds, Thanksgiving tradition? That's really ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it does. Nope. Beets, beets are not. They're really only a part of my Greek salad tradition. <laughs> Thank you. I think that sums it up. Uh, well, according to Zach, that's uh, one of your one of your favorites, or did you say no, least favorite? No, it's my least favorite. Okay, that's his least favorite uh, Thanksgiving. Maybe for good part. reason. I don't know. I, listen, canned beets. I, I, I am. I was flummoxed by that. I think you're misremembering something. No, 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 no. It's it's a it's a tray of beets. Yeah, yeah. They cut them out. They put them on a glass tray. I don't know. I don't know the origin or why they're there. It has to go on glass. <laughs> yes. So, Alex, you've never heard of this. No, I can't say I have. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I think I am thinking of cranberry sauce. I, th- I think you are. You're gonna have some canned beets on your table this year. Just watch. I I highly doubt. Just it. watch. All right, Alex, I know it's a big topic, and I hate to put you on the spot, but we need to know what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish and your least favorite Thanksgiving uh, dish. Sure. Okay, my favorite is probably it's either sweet potatoes or stuffing. I'm a big carb guy. Um, See? And then my- <laughs> I don't like stuffing too much. Alex, I, it's just me. I, don't I was know. in the same way. I I do love sweet potatoes too. Those are a close second. Yeah, but um, and, stuffing. And was my mine. least favorite. My least favorite is turkey. Oh, Alex, come on! Are you serious? You honestly—that's yeah. you swapped my favorite and least favorite. Nice. Because I really think my favorite is turkey, like a good turkey, and then my least favorite stuffing. Come on, you can do better than stuffing. I mean, every well, you put me on the spot. If you give me a few minutes to think about it. I might come up with no, 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 no. You, this this is instant reaction. We you need... put what you put. Yeah, this is <laughs> no. Think... There's no changing. Yeah. Well, you know, I like sweet potatoes a lot, but I make sweet potatoes so often that stuffing is just kind of like a special Thanksgiving Day treat. Now with turkey, I like turkey, but it's the worst thing on the plate. I, there's so many good sides. Uh, turkey really just gets overshadowed. I mean, That's you've got true. mac and cheese, you've got green bean casserole, you've got cranberry sauce. I make fresh cranberry. I don't make can beets. But you know, and then you got all the pie. And yeah, that's turkey's, true. Turkey's like the best leftover, maybe, but it's not the best main entree during dinner. Yeah, turkey leftover is pretty good. Alex, I like. I love the feedback we're hearing. Is, is there any way you can change that? Turn your oh, radio down. Yeah, can you turn I'm your sorry. radio down, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to turn your radio down there, bud. <laughs> Whatever How you can do to make it better. That is, that is... Oh, now we're going in through a wind tunnel. Wow, what what is happening here? I, oh! I took my... Uh, I'm, I'm not hands-free anymore. I'm holding the phone to my ear. That Good. A lot better. That's ten times better. Thank you. Thank you. Of it's course. Bo- it's worth it, believe me. 
Um, okay. Now that we got that out of the way, we have some things to get to. Um, just before we called, we were talking about the new Mel Tucker contract uh, with Michigan State. Um, I, there's a story that Zach wants to talk about, but I'm just curious if, if you have any comments about what happened with Mel Tucker, the big deal, 10 years, $95 million, what you think about that. Did you expect it and kind of what your expectations are? Um, it's definitely a big deal. I don't know if I expected it. It hasn't been signed yet, right? There's been it's not finalized. It's just rumors at this point, right? No. Well, it it, it is not finalized, but they've come out with the terms of the contract and then uh Mel Tucker came out on his on Draymond Green's new podcast actually. Uh this morning and basically he didn't necessarily say he was signing it, but he affirmed that MSU is a destination job and that he's going to be here for a long time. Yes, I saw his comments on Draymond's podcast, but you know, Draymond asked him about it, and he just responded by saying that MSU is a destination job. He didn't say anything about the contract. Sure, okay. But but that being said, with all this information that's coming out, they're not all of a sudden going to come to terms that are completely different from what they're talking about now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's it's probably going to be 10 years, $95 million, but I just want to make it clear that he has not signed anything yet. Yeah, I agree. Are you a little hesitant there, Alex? You sound like you're. Uh, you're no, no, it. no. I'm I'm happy about it. Not like people. The hot take or the take that people have is generally like, "Oh, is Tucker worth it or not?" But I don't think it really has. I don't think the contract says like as Alvin. much about Tucker <laughs> as it says about the future of the program moving forward. Just because we're making this financial commitment to the program. You know whether that's going to be Tucker or not. Our football coach is going to be making top money, is kind of what this is saying to me. Yeah, absolutely. So if if Tucker ends up being the guy, that's amazing. I think he's doing a great job. I love him. But you know, if in a couple of years he really falls off a cliff, and I don't see that happening, but if it does, then he's going to get a nice buyout, just like Ed Orgeron is. And that's that's what I think the contract says more than more than the commitment to Tucker specifically, just because I think it is tough to justify after one and a half seasons right especially a COVID season but he has really turned it around and he's shown that he is most likely worthy of that kind of money um you know the way he handles himself in the program I think certainly says that um but I'm just more excited about the you know the university making this commitment and by the university I mean it's donors (laughs) Uh, Yeah, completely funded by Matt Ishbia and uh, St. Andre. We're a winning team. St. Andre. Who's that? Yeah, Steve St. Andre. I don't know. <laughs> and it's also true he's the CEO the of Shift Digital. Well, he's, I don't know what that is, but he's going to have a building named after him. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I, I, Alex, I wish you could hear drops right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you guys plan? As we face this channels together. I'm just, you said Ed Ogeron. I'm immediately thinking of that COVID-19 PSA you put out like in March of 2020. (laughs) Wash your hands thoroughly. A full 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just the best voice probably ever. I think, Alex, I will say, I I agree. I I was even talking about it with Max before you got on. I don't think, um, he's not guaranteed to do well now. Yeah. But I think it says a lot about, shutting down rumors of him going somewhere and it pretty much solidifies his spot at Michigan state for a long time. And that should help with things like recruiting. And like you said, program image that, you know, we are a top Nate, we're going to pay our coaches top dollar. 
and they will be the best. And they're not going anywhere. We're not a stepping stone. And I, I think that um, there's a lot of talk right now going on in terms of like the Mitch album piece, which I'll get to later. And like even on <laughs> even on the radio this morning, where they were just people would call in and they would just have the softest takes of of the life, like like oh this man is you know is he really worth it? Like why are you paying him this much money? The only thing who is he beat and what who is he coached and whatever? They're just trying to make hot takes out of nothing really at all. I think they're trying to just make it questionable because the no, the number itself is kind of jarring. And I I, I talked to you about this earlier. I don't think yeah. it's as jarring as people are saying it is because coaching is going to go up in cost as time goes on over these 10 years. And even maybe in the next two years, it's going to go up and with like uh, TV contracts and NIL deals. But um, the it sounds super hard, but I, I, I think that us paying him this kind of money is what we have to do. And it's the right thing to do. And these people who are coming on, as like he has no real wins. His program was built on the transfer portal. First of all, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Like MSU has a lot of transfers this year, but they're Mel Tucker's guys that he recruited into the program. They're just two years older than the recruits he's bringing in as freshmen. And well, I'm getting into the Mitch album piece now. I know you are, but Alex, Alex, wait a second, wait a second. Um, <laughs> Zach, I hate this guy. Do you know you're familiar with Mitch album? Um, right. I mean, do you have any thoughts about him? Uh, any any comment, Alex? No, Alex. Marley, Marley and me is great. Marley and me. Oh, is not Marley and me. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesdays, Tuesdays with Maury. <laughs> Tuesdays with Maury. Jesus Christ. What's well, about a dog? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Tuesdays with Maury. I'm sorry. Great book. But no, I'm familiar with Mitch album. I used to listen to him on 760. Oh my God! He's a clown. Just stab me in the head with a machete and a Michigan. <laughs> Listen slappy. to him on seven sixty. <laughs> WJR, the voice of the Great Lakes, with Mitch Album. <laughs> anyway, Zach claims he wrote this hit piece about about the whole situation. I I want to hear I want to hear what he wrote. So read part of the story, Zach, because um or, or give some synopsis here. And Alex, I'm curious to hear if you. Uh, are upset about this as Zach is. I have not read the story, so this is going to be a first. <clears throat> okay, so for those who don't know, the title of this article, just to get you a good idea. First of all, he titles the article Mitch Album, just his name first, the well, author first. That's what sells, cause, and it's also behind a paywall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says, Mel Tucker's huge Michigan State payday, plenty risky, but how much reward is there? Uh-oh. Uh, so he goes on to talk about Tucker, who has been a Michigan State coach for less than two seasons, is set to have the high, second highest paid coach in college football only behind Nick Saban despite the fact that Saban leads his former prodigy in national championships by seven conference titles by nine and various national coaching of the year awards by 16 and he goes on and on and he's talking about how oh wait wait first of all I just just right off the bat Nick Saban is at the end of his career and Mel Tucker's like basically just getting started yeah oh boy and I, I just that's that's not a good comparison to make. No, and I I I really don't think in, in the the money is another thing. So I was looking this up, and the highest paid 
person isn't necessarily the best person in the career. Because a big point of this article is, is Mel Tucker as good as Nick Saban and Ed Orgeron was, like, when he was at LSU? Hey, I'm good, Joe. And the Texas A&M coach and all these coaches, Jimbo Fisher and Dabo Sweeney. Like, is Mel Tucker better than these people? And I was thinking about it, and the best in their position isn't necessarily paid the most money. Who's paid the most money in any sport is based on the timing of their contract. Like, every year, like, when Matthew Stafford first signed his big deal with the Lions, the, first, yeah. the and he was the highest paid coach for a ridiculous amount of money, like, three or four years down the road, it really wasn't that much compared to what other people were getting. Like, what Patrick yeah. Mahomes has now. common sense. And I was looking at, I was just wondering and I looked up something random and I looked up the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL just as like a little context like is the best wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins or whoever you want the highest the highest paid and the highest paid receiver in the NFL right now is Amari Cooper on the Dallas Cowboys is he the best receiver in the NFL? I wouldn't say so. No, it's all about timing of his contract. Sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So I, it's a lot. A lot of it's about timing. So I yeah, did, I totally agree. So I think this is absolutely ridiculous that Mitch Album is saying this. Like it's absolutely stupid. Oh boy, here and, we go. And in the next year or two, you're gonna see Nick Saban get a two million dollar raise, and Dabo Sweeney, and all these people are gonna get huge raises because of Mel Tucker's contract. And to say that him having being paid just as much as them is making him as good as that is not what they are saying at all it is them securing the bag mel tucker for the next 10 years i was i was livid reading this absolutely Here we livid. Go. it's a one-sided trash piece on first of all mitch, mitch album is a noted <laughs> u of m slappy like absolute and his he gets a lot of respect locally because of his um his columns in the newspaper and his famous books that he has. This is Michigan. But it is absolutely ridiculous for somebody to just come out of nowhere and say this garbage. It's absolute garbage. <laughs> he goes on and he's talking about how, um, what is this? This is, what is MSU really paying for? And <laughs> and he's like. Alex, well, what is MSU paying for? And. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what, Zach? I think you make a great point, And I agree that. Mitch Album's column is just totally ridiculous. Did you read it? I, no, but just hearing you talk about it. He's just getting all, started. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll I read am. it. I'll read it later when I get home and see how bad it really is. But <laughs> I mean, I I believe you, and I think it's really uncalled for. But I'm not really angry about it. I just think it's bad writing. It's a bad take. And I think you make a really great point that it's just timing of the contract. I mean, the 95 million dollars or whatever. That's kind of equivalent to what Jimbo Fisher signed when he went to Texas A&M, and that was, what, three or four years ago? So in three or four years from now, is Mel Tucker still going to be the second-highest-paid coach? No, he'll probably be more middle-of-the-pack, like maybe 10th, top 10 or something. Um, But the point being that at this point, yeah, he's going to be the highest-paid, just like quarterbacks in the NFL, how it goes. Yeah. But also – like I said earlier, it's less about Mel Tucker and more just about the program. Because if Mel Tucker doesn't, quote-unquote, earn this money, well, then someone else is going to be vying for that job that is, you know, a $90 million coach. Yeah, absolutely. And Let I, the bitch walk. <laughs> well, you would let Mel Tucker walk? <laughs> I wouldn't. No, 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 I no, think, no, 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 no. I, I, just, I just love you guys getting worked up over this. I, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that right, what, somebody who is – a Wolverine slappy can come on to the Detroit Free Press, write this huge <laughs> article behind a paywall, and then just sit there and just 
have this horrible take. All right, and so people what are going to listen to this. Um, and yeah, he, people will read this. Yeah, he gets clicks. Well, I did. I, I read it. There I you go. Probably you're, shouldn't even you're be talking about the trip. Come be, on. He talks about how we're paying for promise and not production. How we Mel Tucker is has a nine and one team right now, but their biggest wins are over Michigan. And then I I love this comment by him. And the jury is still out on the Wolverines if they are good or not. And oh, his big God. win. And and then he talks about how MSU had a loss to a badly ranked or an unranked Purdue. Like, okay, oh he's nine and one in his second season. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna pay <laughs> the trajectory of where our program is going, then what are you doing? Like, you have to uh, anticipate that he's going to be competing for a Big Ten championship every year. If this is his second year and he's only brought in his guys through the transfer portal, now he's got recruiting classes. We have the number 16 recruiting class in the in, um, in the nation right now. We have wins over ranked teams. Northwestern was ranked. Miami was ranked. Northwestern was ranked last year. Yeah. We have, like, four or five wins as underdogs. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous to say that his only wins are against Michigan and that we're paying him because of that. Like, absolutely not. You're paying based on the projection. And if you're not going to pay him based on his projection, somebody else is. An LSU is going to come. A Florida is going to come, you know, and pay him because he's gonna he's on the way up. Yeah. And he's also, he's also uh, I think he's 49, so he's young for head coaching standards. Like, you want to have a young head coach that's going to be here for a while. It, because it's only if you get into your 60s you're on your way down yeah i get it so you're paying for the promise and not and not production yeah but he also has production to back up his promise is i will my be grinding point. i get it well said zach bravo <laughs> and and then his last point is that the money ultimately does the talking and how michigan state now has to be a title contender and win big 10 championships and go to the playoff and I don't know where Mitch Album has been for the last decade. Oh boy! But I, th- I think <laughs> I think <laughs> I think MSU has beaten Ohio State a couple times in the past decade, unlike another school in this state. And they've been to Big Ten championships, <laughs> and they've been to the Nash in the playoff. Like this was the standard at Michigan State before Mel Tucker came here, before he got his contract. And if we're not, like, going to walk up and embrace this, then you're not going to win Big Ten titles. You need to embrace it. And him coming in and saying, well, now they actually have to win. Well, guess what, Mitch? Our program actually wins, and that is our standard here. <laughs> God, I was so upset reading this. Wow. You okay? And and if that's, uh, you know, if our money says we need to be winning Big Ten championships, then what does the money they're paying Harbaugh? They cut his, <laughs> they cut his salary. Does that mean they expect less? <laughs> Are you okay? Well, they should. You okay? Oh, my Are God. Are you all right? I was, I was so upset reading this and how it was just a one-sided okay? piece that tried to get people in, like, in awe of the number. Like, oh, my God, it's he's so trying much. To, he's trying to make a hot take. But and- it, but if you actually like sit down and look at what is happening yeah. in college football yeah. and where Mel Tucker is going to go potentially, you had to pay him. There was no other option. There really wasn't. Yeah, what are we supposed to do? Let him go to LSU and then take some G5 coach and try and do it all over again? Exactly. That's, not, that's just not going to work. It would absolutely ruin the program, I think, now if we lost this coach. like When we had D'Antonio gone – we were like in desperation mode. We went and we got him. We took a shot in the dark, 
and now he's been working out, and you have to cash in on it. That's it. There is no other place because I there's no other. I don't want to take shots in the dark again. You know, we we've been to the national uh, playoff. We should be respected, and we should treat ourselves like a like a program that should be respected. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I, I agree. I mean, you you guys you guys are always all are you know you, you love the underdog position and you you do that. I get it, but it's, it's also people like Mitch Album that put us there. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's ridiculous. He I, listen, listen. I am by in no way a Mitch Album fan. I I think he writes you know bad stuff. Shit. Really, yeah. really. I mean, it really is. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But I agree here. It's 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 just him trying to make a point, try to get some clicks, try to be that guy who said this or said that. And you know, it's it's just uh, you know, it's not right. It really isn't. And I agree, Zach. I I, I do think that you know he's just trying to you know turn it into something that is not. Um, I think Mel Tucker so far is been incredible and i know it's very early but but what he's done with the program so far i mean what more can you do in your first year i mean there's not much more you can do right his no first absolutely year, not this is his first year right well he had the covid year where he went two and five okay okay so it's his first real year yeah so you know he really is stepping up to the plate and showing the world what this team can be and what kind of coach he can be and he's going to get paid for it, which is good, you know, good for him. I, I, I sure as hell hope he can sustain this, and I, I see no reason why he couldn't. But I would love Michigan State to be one of those top contenders every year, Big Ten championship every year, fighting off whoever they're trying to beat. And, you know, it'd be just really great for the school and for the state and for everybody. I love that good competition. So yeah. I, I don't know where Mitch Alden's coming from. And, and why are people mad in the first place? I mean, the money is not coming from the university. It's not like they're going to stop buying particle colliders because they gave <laughs> Mel Tucker $90 million. The money is coming from donors. If the donors want to spend their money, let the donors spend their money. This, it's ultimately just going to be better for the school. Yeah. This was another one of his points, and he said, like, the school, who really has the autonomy in this situation? The school or the donors? Who's oh, in charge? God. And that's also absolutely ridiculous. Like for yourself. Like, uh, Michigan State is employs Mel Tucker. You know, if they want to fire Mel Tucker, they can fire Mel Tucker. Am I being ridiculous? Like, it's not no. the donors in charge of him. He's not their employee. I, he's just, I don't know. Even on the radio today, it wasn't just Mitch Album. There was even, like, you know, guys, have you heard of Evan Jenkins? He does yeah, some 97.1 stuff. He is actually, he does uh, the podcast with Rico, and they talk Michigan State a lot. Oh, good. But um, he's an MSU grad. And he was actually concerned about the topic. And Evan Jenkins is soft. I hate Evan Jenkins. He is my least wow. favorite Michigan State person on the radio. Worse than Rico. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, he's horrible. He's very soft. He always panders to, like, John Jansen and uh, got Mike Stone in the morning show. He's just soft. Let and he's the like, bitch and he Mike was, Stone. <laughs> Who calls him Mike Stone except for yeah. for Valeni? <laughs> it took me a second. Valeni doesn't even call him Mike Stoney. Stone. Stoney. Well, anyway, he was he was on he was on the radio show spewing this garbage as a Michigan State grad, and this this bothered me because you shouldn't be this way. He's like he was still concerned that he might leave for another program. Like, so if we ponied up this money, maybe somebody else could. Um, he said maybe we should have waited because the season's not over yet, and it could still be a nine and three season. First of all, Evan, were we supposed to go nine and three this season? Like, sure, now it looks great. 
Like we are, we have aspirations to win the Big Ten and go to the playoff, but we weren't even supposed to come close to nine and three. Like this is just another. It's still projected up. You know, it's not like we lose the last two games and our season's ruined. We were not Big supposed Tom. to be here. <laughs> And, and now the take is, well, well now he has to win. Like, I would have given him a little bit of slack before because of the contract, but now with this contract, he has to win. And that is the worst take of all. I, yeah. I, I, I've said it before. I said I it earlier. I think Michigan State is a top-tier program with, with aspirations to win. And it's just I, I think it's ridiculous that people have this take on this contract. Any further comment, Alex? No, I think Zach's Valenti-like rant. <laughs> I was actually really upset because I happened to turn on the I, – I had this huge like rant planned from the beginning because I heard this and I read the art, article. And then I flipped on Valenti today and he was talking the same thing. I was like, damn, they're going to think I took oh, my take yeah. from him. I really did not. I had this all written out before I listened to Valenti. So <laughs> – but anyway, we, yeah. we believe you, Zach. I was I was so upset. I know you These were. These people are just ridiculous. I agree. They're so soft. Like, we are a big boy school. It's time to have some cojones and pay big money and have big stakes. That's how it is. I agree. R-E-S-P-C-T. I know <laughs> what it means to me. Uh, uh, do you have any analysis, Alex, on what's going ahead for Michigan State? Are they playing this weekend? Yeah, big game. We play Ohio State. Oh, that's right. Of course. Columbus. All right. Um, I'm curious to hear what you think, Alex. Well, you know, I I am worried because I think Ohio State um, has the skill set or is the type of team that we don't play so well against. Just like Purdue, they they throw a lot of uh, a lot of short passes underneath, very fast offense, and our secondary is weak. So it's it's going to be tough. It'll be interesting to see what Mel Tucker's game plan is because Purdue beat us playing that game, and I think Mel Tucker and the Michigan State coaching staff know that that's what Ohio State's strategy is going to be. So it's just a matter of whether they can come up with something to counter it. Um, I I don't have that analysis. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not that uh, not that football smart, but. I, I do have some faith in Tucker, and I think it's going to be closer than people think it's going to be. The spread is 19. Wow. Um, and Wait, the spread, 19? Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, no. I, I, I'm I shocked by that. That seems way too high. Yeah, the spread is 19. And last year, when we were just god-awful, I think the spread was 24 or something like that. So it's really not all that different, and I think that's – bulletin board material I almost, right there. I almost want to take the Spartans to win. I, I honestly think they have a chance. I, I For whatever reason, I just think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that 19, come on. I, 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 I agree that's bullshit, Alex. Yeah, you would get some great money line payout on, oh, on the Spartans yeah. to win. Are you win. kidding me? Oh, my that God. That would be amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, I like, I just, we've we played Purdue. They play a very similar style to Ohio State, so we know yeah. that that's how they're going to beat us. So, I mean, do we react? I think we have to. I mean, I think a coach that's trying to make $95 million over 10 years knows he has to react, and I think he will. Um, you know, I think it's we're not just going to go out there and try to play our game plan. We're going to have to alter it. I think that's just, you know, well-known, that we're, we're not, we can't play our game and win. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Any analysis? No, I, Any I, thoughts? I do agree with Alex. Um, I do have some takes. Well, first of all, I do want to say this is a big game for the Heisman. Because C.J. Stroud, I think, is the number two to win the Heisman right now. 
And I think uh, Kenneth Walker's number one to win the Heisman right wow. now. On some sites. I don't know the exact odds. It's going to be a fun game. But, yeah, these are two, like, Heisman hopefuls going yeah. at each other. Um, and like Alex said, this is a high-powered offense, and we haven't done well. But I, if you look back at the Purdue game, there's a lot that we could improve on that would have been very easy. There was a lot of blown coverages. Yeah. Um, our bend but don't break broke in a lot of cases. And we saw in Maryland that that – when we played Maryland, another high-powered throwing office that we were able to hold and not break. Yeah. So I think that that's a big thing. If we hold them to field goals, that there's a better shot. Um, I wouldn't get scared by the yardage. But another thing is OSU has really not played anyone since Oregon. If you look at their schedule, um, they've blown a lot of teams out, but they've played a lot of bad football teams since then. And the one thing that Oregon had on OSU – that made that game competitive was a running game. Oregon was able to run the ball on OSU, and it would be interesting to say see because that is definitely one of Michigan State's strengths. So um, I think MSU's got to come out swinging because I don't think you can get behind at all because not only does our defense not really able to stop them, but I think that we – I don't know if we can catch up. So <laughs> I, I just think that 19-point spread is unbelievable. I would take the Spartans all day. I'm I'm thinking of even taking the Spartans' money line if that were to happen, if I placed a bet. Uh, I mean, that would be very interesting. Um, so we'll see. I think it's going to be a really close game. I, I really do. I think Kenneth Walker is really just on fire, and I think it's going to be tough for Ohio State to stop him. They have put us in a very disrespected situation. Oh, and we know what else we is new? That. Oh, you love it. You just thrive on that. It's like your it's it's your fuel. On, on another note, I do have an interesting stat. OSU is 0 and 10 against the spread a week prior to the U of M game. Uh oh. Uh oh. Wow. So watch out because this is not a team that they can overlook for U of M next week. Okay. So. Yeah. Do you think they're overlooking us? I, I mean. That's hard I don't to know. Say. It'd be tough. Yeah. It'd be tough to overlook us. It would... I mean, we beat we beat Michigan. You think you'd want to watch out for us too? <laughs> but I do think Ohio State is just going to lay into Michigan next week. Sorry, I, that, <laughs> I just I. I Why are we talking maybe... about that right now? <laughs> yeah, good point. Sorry, Alex, you're you're <laughs> on thin ice. I can end this call whenever I want. <laughs> Sorry, a knee jerk reaction. It's just it's a habit. I can't break it. Well, um, okay. All right, great. Um, honestly, was there anything else you want to talk about, Alex? Um, we uh, Any other Thanksgiving or playoff ranking stuff or things you wanted to get into? Did you see Kelly Stafford? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, what's your take on Kelly? Um, you know, I'll say this kind of quickly because my I feel like my uh, reception is going to go out. It usually does. Once I start getting outside of Grand Rapids. No, we, but, we had to go first anyway. So just just so you know, it was us that had to go, not, <laughs> not your reception. But anyway, please continue. <laughs> All right. I was just going to say that Matt has enough on his mind trying to win these games that he shouldn't have to worry about his wife trying to start a food fight. <laughs> I, well said, Alex. I, I can't believe that she's up there throwing pretzels. Drunkenly, drunkenly throwing pretzels. She, she gets hammered. I mean, she really, she loves to get hammered at these uh, these football games. I'm sorry. D- does she actually? I, I don't so know. That. I well, just, no, guessing. Alex, Alex, listen. I mean, at least two weeks ago when she was doing her podcast, she's like, guys, I'm really hungover today. I might be a little delayed. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it sounds like she just goes to town at these Rams tailgates. I mean, she's just going nuts. Oh, man. 
Did she do that in Detroit, or is this an L.A. thing? I, I don't know. I, if she did in Detroit, it may have been kept a little quieter, but it, it sounds like, you know, her kids are getting, you know, very loud and, you know, tough to handle. And, you know, they have a live-in nanny, so obviously she's got a lot, like, less stress than most parents of four children. <laughs> But when, you know, they start acting up at the football game, she's like, oh, I just need a drink, apparently. So and she starts talking uh, food and, at people. And to chuck a pretzel at somebody. <laughs> uh, Those but, are expensive. That's like an $8 projectile. Nah, I know. I, believe me, I think that's the least of uh, of Kelly's problems. Man, will take care of it. No problem. Um, okay. Good stuff, Alex. Uh, I, I guess that's it. We appreciate you calling in, though. This worked out perfect. Yeah, it did. All right. Well, it was good talking to you guys. Good luck with the rest of the show. Uh, we will talk to you next week, my man. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Adios. Uh, Alex Newton, everybody. I don't even know why I'm playing the Spartan theme for him, but that's kind of turned into his identity, I guess. <laughs> Do we want to talk about U of M, or are we okay with them oh, shoot. beating Penn State? Um, One second. Before we get into that, I just want to read this quote from Kelly. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she chucked a pretzel at a 49ers fan um, last Monday. On Monday, this past Monday, they're on Monday Night Football calling it a weak moment and adding she was embarrassed by her actions. <laughs> um, according to one witness, Kelly snapped, kicking off an altercation by hurling a soft pretzel at the man. Uh, a fan behind her started trash talking. The witness tells TMZ Levi Stadium security eventually stepped in and escorted Kelly and her crew away from the area to other seats in the venue. Are you kidding me? I want her banned for life from Levi Stadium. Any <laughs> other fan take. throwing pretzels at other people would be like, you're done. You're done. Bye-bye. No, no, no. She wasn't even kicked out. She was just, hey, let's let's take it to these other seats, okay? Okay? I mean, what a double standard that is just because she's, you know, the wife of Matthew Stafford. Give me a break. That's also just a pretzel. I know, but it doesn't matter. It's 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 ridiculous. It was, she threw a pretzel it was her at weak somebody. Moment, okay, man. It was her weak moment. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> okay, so somebody posted on Instagram at last night's game at Levi Stadium. Why did you throw a pretzel at a Niner fan sitting behind me? This was a witness there. Who do you think you are to do such a thing? You're lucky you didn't hit me with it because the outcome would have been very different for you. I'm about to throw hands. Show some class and support your husband and his new team with grace, please. I am a Rams fan and am embarrassed by your actions last night. That is why I am sharing with others. Hopefully you will be more aware of what you are doing in the future and set a better example for your children. She only got one like. Uh, As of the time this was posted. Uh, Kelly uh, clapped back. Girl, I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm an idiot. He was saying a bunch of things that were aggressive towards our crew, but zero excuse. I tried to apologize, but in the end, knew I was wrong. Will always stand up for my guy and everyone I love, but obviously needed to do it completely different. I'm embarrassed, too. Sorry you had to witness me in my weak that's, moment. That's the worst part. Me in my weak moment. Are we, all, like, are we all allowed to have weak moments like that? Are we just chucking food at people? Yeah, but we'll get kicked out. We're not going to be escorted to different seats. <laughs>
<laughs> they didn't even tell the Santa Clara police. No, they, they knew they nothing have, about it. Yeah, they had no knowledge of the incident. Uh, Levi Stadium security did not respond to TMZ. Matt, Matthew Stafford's agent declined to comment on the incident. Of course. Uh, what is he going to say? <laughs> yeah, my wife's an idiot. <laughs> they have a bye week this week, uh, and then they play November 28th against the Packers in Green Bay. So we'll see if she's chucking cheese curds at the fans. That's that true. Um, better ammo. Yeah, that is better ammo, actually. Yeah, it it's like, a little smaller, but you could be a little more precise. Yeah, and it could, like, stick. Yeah, you, you know? get somebody right in their eye. <laughs> I mean, that would be good. Some fried cheese curds. The best the best f- food to throw at each stadium. <laughs> you know, I, I want to see her dump a bucket of ranch on somebody. <laughs> She's having cheese curds and some ranch, and, like, somebody's like, Hey, Stafford, you suck, man. And she's like, who do you think you are? And dumps some ranch on them. I mean, you're in Green Bay, ranch and cheese curds. I mean, that's what goes together. So. Is it? Is it? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Fried cheese curds and some ranch? Sounds good. It, it, telling it's me. It's like pizza and ranch. Come up to Michigan Tech and we'll talk about it. And that was a huge staple up there. <laughs> My God. The, the, <laughs> the healthy. The cheese curds and ranch I had at Tech. Oh, man. The healthy people of uh, Houghton. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Kelly Stafford uh, had a weak moment. So good for her. Um, anyway, U of M. Is that what you were asking about? Yeah, I didn't know if we want to mention it. We I are, mean, I don't know. They, I mean, we're not a sports podcast. We're not a sports podcast. But I didn't want to be biased toward our, our boys in blue. They had a little bit of um, they had a they had a win. I think a lot of people are <laughs> they don't they don't win. They don't I, win. I think they took care of business at Penn State. It's not a game they usually win. They deserve some credit for that. Yeah. Uh, the offense actually came out and saved the day. Well, and the defense, too. They had quite a few stops. But, yeah. I, I mean, I was watching that game, and James Franklin looked completely cashed out. Like, <laughs> he looked like he was, like, a deer in headlights whenever the camera, like, spawned or, like, looked at him. Yeah. Like, he was like, oh, I didn't prepare for this team at all. <laughs> anyway, they, they had okay. a nice win against Penn State in yep. a stadium they don't normally win. Yeah, it was they good. Have a, they have a, a, a tune-up game against Maryland before playing OSU in the game. The game. It uh, is the game. Isn't it the game? It's got to be the game. I don't think it's the game. Okay. Well, if OSU wins this, if OSU wins this, um, this game against Michigan State, then I think it. it well, it is going to be the game of the weekend. But the game, I don't, it, it wasn't. Well, it it's been, the game every year because it's Wolverines and the Buckeyes. It's it always it, the game. It hasn't been the game for decades. Well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if you look back in 1940s and 50s. But anyway, yeah. Actually, the 70s was the big deal there. Yeah, I don't – and Maryland shouldn't be an issue for uh, U of M. Any I think. playoff ranking stuff? I You know, there's also some ridiculous stuff on this. I think it's a little um, outplayed. I think a lot of people are – I understand this kind of ridiculous take that uh, – what's his name? Gary Barta, the head of the playoff committee, has – I mean, I mean, right now there's a lot of controversy because Michigan is ranked above Michigan State, even though Michigan State just beat them like two weeks ago. And Gary Barta, that with the idiot he is, I don't think this guy can ever come in front of a microphone. And the head talk. of the committee, did you say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think he can ever come and talk about what the committee discussed again. I think just <laughs> everything he says sounds so stupid. And this is the quote he had from. Uh, from last Tuesday's rankings. He said, set aside watching the games, though there is certainly a part of it, uh, but statistically, in about every category, offensively and defensively, Michigan comes out on top against Michigan State. So anyway, I was, first of all, this is absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Set aside watching the games. Does Gary Barta watch college football? 
<laughs> Please tell us if he does. If you could call in and let us know the last college football game that Gary Barta watched, that would be amazing. Because I really don't think he watches college football. He doesn't evaluate. it. And I, I also he, he this 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 uh, sorry I'm stuttering right now. This uh, line right here, but statistically in just about every category, offensive and defensively. First of all, that's not true. I don't think Michigan that's true State either. has a better offense. And Michigan a, State has a better running game by far. A better running game, better passing game, better rush yeah. defense. They passing game. The only. The I think only, it's close. You don't think? No, it's definitely not. Yeah, it's close. close. Do you want to look up look up the stats between Payton Thorne and and JJ or and But you gotta, com- you gotta combine them. Well, whatever. Well, no, it. Okay, or JJ's thrown like six passes or something ridiculous. It doesn't matter. I, well, listen, I think the quotes. The anyway, it's not true. It's point, not true. My point is, is it, yeah, it's just not true, and it shows that this guy not only does he not watch college football, but he'll make up stuff to address his agenda. Yeah, and that's just all sure. I got to say. Sure. Kind of an interesting thing that I didn't think people were actually talking about. OSU is the only top four team that doesn't have a top ten victory. OSU's only they have they're a one loss team. They lost to um, Oregon, mm-hmm. but they have not beat a top ten team yet. And everyone wow. else there has beat a top ten. Te- well, actually, not Michigan. Well, Michigan's not in the top four, but every other top. So it's it it's, it's kind of obvious. You can see the favoritism here. That like the victories don't matter. The strength of schedule doesn't matter. It's all about the programs and and what will make them the most money. It's pretty obvious. And until they have a standardized way of addressing these sort of things, I we're just going to get the same nonsense. Yeah. And the only way to do it, if you're like a Michigan State or even a Michigan, is just you got to win out. Like you have to win out your games. And if you want to be ranked above the Alabamas who have the one loss or the you know the um, Ohio States that have a one loss, you you got to win. Um. Okay. Well, I want to get to this story about this this tennis player. Um, this is crazy, and I'm going to play this just so I know exactly how to pronounce her name, because I'm always going to forget. Concerns are mounting over the safety of Chinese tennis star Peng Shuai. Okay, Peng Shuai. Peng Shuai. Peng Shuai. Okay. This is a tennis star in China, and I I didn't really know about this story until today. And um, I was doing some reading, and I'm just kind of blown away by exactly what happened. So Peng Shuai. Peng Shuai. Um, this is a story from NPR, um, kind of detailing what happened, but basically I'll kind of start from the beginning. Peng Shuai is a former number one ranked player in women's doubles tennis who won titles at Wimbledon in 2013, the French Open in 2014. In a lengthy social media post earlier this month on China's Weibo platform, she said that former vice premier Zhang Goli forced her into sexual relations. Um, Zhang Goli, who is 75 years old, served in that position from 2013 to 2018. Um, Peng Shuai said, I was so scared that afternoon, I never gave consent, crying the entire time. She later said, uh, willing, she, she said she later willingly entered into an affair with Zhang, who was married. The post was quickly taken down and Peng's social media account disappeared hours after it appeared. However, screenshots of the post continue to circulate widely online in China, even as censors scrambled to delete references to it. Um, Amnesty International on Thursday weighed in, citing what it said was China's efforts to systematically silence the country's Me Too movement and its zero-tolerance approach 
to governmental criticism. Um, Peng's recent so-called statement that everything is fine should not be taken at face value as China's state media has a track record of forcing statements out of individuals under duress or else simply fabricating them. That's Amnesty's China Amnesty's China's researcher Drain Lao said in a statement. These concerns will not go away unless Peng's safety and whereabouts are confirmed. So, like I said, a, a, about a month ago, she made those statements. The account was deleted. The post was deleted. Nobody's heard from her. Nobody knows where she is for weeks, which is the real concern. Mm. But the head of the Women's Tennis Association, the WTA, is questioning the authenticity of an email that he per- received purporting to be from Chinese star Peng Shuai, who hasn't been heard from since she made sexual assault allegations against a top Communist Party official. It was two weeks ago. Um, so it was a copy of the email published by China's state-run media, CGTN. Um, Peng reportedly tells WTA chairman and CEO Steve Simon that the allegations attributed to her are not true and that I'm not missing, nor am I unsafe. I've just been resting at home and everything is fine. Um, But then, you know, that's the email that the WTA chairman got. And he said, Simon, in a statement Wednesday, the email he received only raises my concerns even more about Pong's safety and whereabouts. He said, I have a hard time believing that. That sound very believable. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that Pong Shui actually wrote the email we received or believe believes what is being attributed to her. Um, so it's, nobody's heard from her. She made these allegations. Nobody's heard from her. And then the head of the WTA receives this email. Yeah. But nobody's really buying it. It's like, there's no way that, that Pong doesn't she, sound real. Right. I'm exactly. Resting at yeah. Home. Resting at home. Well, where are you? So now this has, hashtag, where is Peng Shui? Hashtag, where is Peng Shui? Has been gaining steam in recent days. Uh, Naomi Osaka, um, uh, Novak Djokovic both sounding the alarm earlier this week about Peng Shui's whereabouts. They're they're said, you know, I'm devastated to hear the news. Um, even Serena Williams posted, I am devastated and shocked to hear about the news of my peer Peng Shui. I hope she is safe and found as soon as possible. This must be investigated. We must not stay silent. Sending love to her and her family during this incredibly difficult time. I, I, I mean, it just shows how scary the situation is. I mean, you know, yeah. where is she? I mean, a, a former number one tennis star in the in the in the country, and um, you know her post gets deleted, criticizing one of the heads of the Communist Party in China, and now she's just missing. Yeah. So. Um, it is that is scary. That's really weird. But this story, I guarantee, is going to gain steam. Um, it's getting a little more attention the past couple of days. I was watching Inside Edition today. It was on there. Um, people are talking about it on Twitter. Like I said, that that hashtag is trending there. Hashtag. Where is Peng Shui? Um, so I'm going to be following the story because this is just fascinating. And it's it's very scary yeah. that, you know, the, the Chinese government is doing something like this. But, you know, it's, it's it. Yeah, it really shows like what a communism. Yeah. I mean, really, it's that's scary. They're censoring all this media. Yeah. Um, you can't criticize the government if you do. Well, there could be problems. And that's what she did. Serious problems. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Go missing kind of problems. Right. Yeah. So, so that's going on, and now these you know big tennis stars are, are sounding off about it. So good. I I I hope they find her. I mean, I hope people keep talking about this because that's just absolutely crazy. It really is crazy. Um. Yeah. But uh, speaking of crazy, I will say this: Meghan Markle made an appearance on Ellen, which is crazy. Do hey, people no, care? No. <laughs> they are our favorite royal couple. We will respect them. You're right. Did you watch any of the interview? 
No, I didn't get to watch it. I, I was hearing oh, about it as it was happening, but I, I was in class, so I couldn't go. Um, Meghan Markle opens up about Archie Lilibet and Prince Harry on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Shouldn't they be making podcasts? I, they, they signed that huge deal with Spotify. Well, they pod faded, so. But, I mean, that was like the biggest deal in Spotify history. They made one 30-minute episode about a year ago. We're just waiting here for more content. I mean, that's the whole reason why I joined pod, uh, Spotify. I'm paying this monthly subscription price for <laughs> this Meghan Markle and, and Harry con- and content. Where is it? Nothing! Nothing! Um... Uh, Meghan Markle opened up about her young children, Archie Lilibet, one of the few times she has done so in public since leaving the royal family. First, she spoke of their Halloween costumes. Archie was a dinosaur, but that lasted about five minutes, said Markle. Generous, who spent the holiday with her family, countered that it was not even five minutes. Uh, And that Harry talked him into putting the head on. The audience also learned that baby daughter Lilibet is teething and Archie Loves to dance. And say alligator is his first word. Yeah. Or crocodile. Oh, crocodile. Crocodile. Sorry. On Sorry. James Corden's show, that's what <laughs> Prince Harry said. His first, his first word, actually, James, was crocodile. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Crocodile. Yeah. Okay. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The generous asked how the family was settling into California, especially Prince Harry. He loves it. We've just been able to spend a lot of time at home and creating our home. We're just happy, she added. Um, DeGeneres, who was the couple's neighbor in Montecito, joked that she was coming over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'll be there for Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, how funny. Markle also took the time to advocate for paid family leave in the United States. One of her signature causes, speaking on how critical it is in those first few months to be together as a family. Oh my God. Then, since this is DeGeneres we're talking about, they had a little fun. The talk show host sent the Duchess out on the studio lot to interact with some vendors who had set up a small outdoor gift shop. The twist? She had an earpiece in connected to DeGeneres who humorously dictated her every move. She made Markle rub crystals against her head while chanting, Don cat ears and taste test hot sauce samples. Mommy wants some heat, Markle was forced to tell the salesman. But in the end, Markle donated $20,000 to Twist of Greatness, a nonprofit started by Nashville woman Brittany Starks, which offers free hair braiding to school children whose families otherwise cannot afford the service. Um, so that was Meghan Markle's publicity stunt on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Well, she was falling out of, no one had heard from her for a while, so she was falling out of the public eye and she needed yeah. to get back in. She was out of the, she was falling out of the zeitgeist. The zeitgeist, yeah. exactly. But now she's back, thanks to Ellen. Back in being zeit. What, what are you, what are you looking forward to in her, her next project? Are you looking to any more Meghan Markle content? God, I would love to see a documentary of her life. Wouldn't that be it fascinating? Be, yeah, it would be just the trouble she has to deal with every day. It's just something that everyone needs to see. I want to see if there's any Thomas Markle news because I, I honestly, I would much rather hear from Thomas Markle than than anybody. Um, uh, by the way, there was a um, <laughs> Meghan Markle received an apo- a heartfelt apology from her brother Thomas Jr. Um, because there there was some deal. Her half-brother, I'm sorry, Thomas Markle Jr., who backtracked on previous comments about the Duchess of Sussex and urged her to reach out to their father. Um, during his time in Big Brother VIP in Australia, he, he's on Big Brother in Australia, <laughs> Meghan Markle's half-brother. 
Uh, Thomas Markle Jr. penned an emotional apology letter to his sister Megan, hoping to reunite. The Duchess of Sussex half-brother, who got evicted from the show this the week. Duchess of Sussex. Yeah. Uh, the former Duchess of Sussex, mm. who is evicted from the Big Brother show this week, admitted to regretting his past behavior towards his half-sister. He also urged Megan to contact their father, Thomas Markle Sr., but conceded a small act of God may be required uh, for the pair to make peace. What um, happened? What do you mean, what happened? What happened between her and her brother and her father? Well, her father sold pictures of of Megan and Harry to the tabloids a few years ago mm. and that kind of stemmed this really soured relationship and her half brother was like on I think her dad's side at the time mm. so Megan doesn't talk to her half brother Thomas Markle Jr. or her father Thomas Markle Sr. What were the pictures? I don't think they were anything scandalous. I just oh. think they were pictures that he sold for money. And it was just like, you're really selling pictures of your own daughter for money. Which, yeah. right, it's a shitty thing to do. But is it worth destroying the relationship over 100% and never talking to her dad again? And it does seem like an overreaction. So, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, but it's a good publicity stunt if you're really upset about it and people want to relate to that. Yeah, I, I would think so. <laughs> Um, but you know, he received, she received an apology from her half brother, um, Thomas Markle, her dad's apologized to her a million times and, um, you know, it's just nothing falling on deaf ears. She'll never get over it. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, oh, actually, uh, there was a story about a week ago. I know it's a little old news, but. There was a strong text from Prince Harry uh, to Meghan's dad, Uh-oh. which is kind of crazy. But this was actually in a lawsuit. So let me explain really quick. Yeah. Prince, Why do they have this text? Prince Harry sent a strongly worded late night text to Meghan Markle's father, Thomas, just days before their 2018 wedding, upsetting Thomas as he lay alone in a hospital bed recovering from heart surgery. This is according to London's Court of Appeals. Although the actual text itself was not read in court, a lawyer acting for the publishers of the Daily Mail newspaper described it as being a text in quite strong terms from Prince Harry and invited the presiding judge and other lawyers to read it for themselves in the court papers. A silence descended on the courtroom as those present turned their eyes toward the paperwork and read the text, after which the newspaper lawyer said, It's obvious Mr. Markle was upset by that text. He's on his own in hospital, having a heart procedure. Um, It was noted in the court that the text was incorrectly described in the accompanying paperwork as having been sent by Megan, but it was in fact sent by Harry. The dramatic moment came towards the end of the first session of a three-day hearing in the Court of Appeal, which saw Associated Newspaper making opening moves in its attempt to overturn Meghan Markle's victory against them this year in the long-running legal dispute. Uh, Meghan sued the publisher for invasion of privacy and copyright violation after it published extensive extracts of a handwritten letter to her father. Megan won the case via a summary judgment this year, which meant the case did not go to full trial, but the Associated Newspaper is appealing, arguing that the decision was flawed and that the case should be fully tried in a court of law. Um, so it sounds like Harry is jumping on the bandwagon of being really upset at Megan's father. <laughs> well, they have nothing else to do, so... 
No. Not like a podcast or run a company. Of course not. I documentary. Thought, I thought Prince anything. Harry had like three jobs or five jobs. He or does. Something. They're all fake. They're faker than the the the, the trends for Thanksgiving lady. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I wish I could find the text. I, oh boy. They said they didn't have it. I guess not. I I wondered if it got leaked somewhere. Um, very stern words. Yeah. Better watch out. Okay. What's his name? Thomas. Yeah, Thomas Markle. Thomas Markle. Yeah, he's the real star in all of this. I guess he really is. He's giving us more content than they are. I agree. <laughs> he's going out on shows, <laughs> apologizing publicly. Um. Okay. By the way, the the Lions tied, which is very fitting for the Lions, sixteen to sixteen. Probably one of the worst games ever. I know. I think more people were upset about the tie than they would be if they lost. It was kind of ridiculous. I'd rather they go oh sixteen and one now. That's gonna be great. <laughs> No wins, but a tie. <laughs> was that gonna feel? It was horrible. Can't it's be horrible. the first team to go on seventeen. That's for sure. No, not not anymore. But yeah, no, it. How ridiculous! I didn't watch. So did you watch anything? I watched the end. I was listening on the radio. I, I oh, just that was horrible. I just heard it was just a disaster of a game on both ends. It was the, just like the. It was like minor league football. <laughs> they were like falling over each other to lose the game <laughs> the best they could. Who do they play this weekend? Oh. Um, they play see. the Cleveland Browns. I think they're nine point underdogs or something like that. One o'clock start in Cleveland. In Cleveland, okay. And then the Bears come to Detroit on Thanksgiving for the Thanksgiving game. Um. By the way, did you have that article about Dylan Larkin? Oh yeah, it's on there. Can you pull that up? I I don't I can't get it. I'm you're you're the one who is you know the the hot shot high roller paying the, to get behind the paywall. Well, the I have the uh, it's for the show. I have the it, yeah. I did. We we can write it off. Yeah, we should. We can hundred percent tax exemption. Sure, of course. You kidding me? <laughs> so really quick, just set it up. The Red Wings are eight eight and two right now. Uh, they're playing the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. We're recording on the 18th they have a tough Thursday. Stretch. They're on a bit of yeah. a tough slide right now. Yeah. They had a really tough game against Columbus that mm-hmm. they ended up losing, and then they had ne- another game like the next day. Yeah. Back like at back. Dallas or something. Uh, it was at Dallas, yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, like so go from Columbus to Dallas. They lost both, um, and then they're in Vegas tonight. But on Tuesday, the game against Dallas, Dylan Larkin left the game between the second and third period, and nobody was sure why, but we know now why. It was a COVID protocol. Deal. Yeah. So he had to leave the game. Uh, but there was a story posted in the free press about what happened. Yes. So can you tell me what happened? Is he playing tonight? Um. Well, I didn't get to read the whole thing myself. Well, kind of just read I'm it. skimming it. Well, read it through the mic. I mean, is there any juicy content or anything? Uh, was it a false positive? Wasn't it a false positive, I thought, or anything? Dylan Larkin came into the season determined that he would enjoy himself after a challenging start to his tenure as a captain. Uh, that effort has undergone multiple tests, the most recent being a COVID-19 scare that had him pacing in the hotel room, then packing up and rushing to rejoin the Red Wing teammates. Uh, Larkin was pulled from Tuesday's game in Dallas when a PCR test came back positive, but yeah. a subsequent testing revealed that he does not have the coronavirus, clearing him from pandemic protocol. So there you okay. go. So that's it? Yeah. Did he make a comment on it? He said that set off a range of emotions from disbelief to frustration, uh, the possibility of having COVID and trying to get out of there and not infecting anyone else. He said on the Thursday morning show or Thursday morning skate at the T-Mobile arena, uh, I thought I had a lot of, 
excuse me. I had or I thought a lot of the guys and about the guys a lot, excuse me, and not having a bigger situation to come out of it. It was an unfortunate situation. Well, fortunate because he didn't actually have COVID, which is nice. So, are you a little surprised that that story is behind a paywall? It is kind of crazy. Huh? Why? Why is that story? He was positive, and now he's not. <laughs> I, I think. And you better pay to find out. Well, it's got COVID in the name, so it's gonna be behind <laughs> okay. the paywall. Who wants? Who, and Dylan Larkin. Yeah, I guess so. COVID, big names. Dylan Larkin. Yeah. The big names. But it's really nothing. I feel like that's what a paywall is. Like a headline that has you know big names, yeah. or big scares, and then a whole lot of nothing behind it. That's that's a huge part of it. Mitch album. There you He's go. He's the perfect example. <laughs> I wonder who's paying that paywall to see. Oh, I have to see what Mitch Album wrote today. What's Mitch <laughs> Album's column? I mean, today? I guess I am. Well, no, I mean, like. It's for show content. It's of not course. for what Mitch Album has to say. I'm talking about somebody who specifically does it for Mitch Album. Like, I don't know. like sees the Mitch Album story. He's like, well, I better see what this is today. <laughs> do you so. have a paper that comes to your house? Um. Yeah, we do. You yeah, do. We, we still get the. We, we get. I mean, we get the Gross Point News, but. Yeah, well, that's different. There's no like, is there an online gross point news? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, no, but no, we we get the. I mean, it's like, not every day anymore. The Detroit Free Press. We get the, the we get the Free Press and the news. Okay. Whenever it comes, I mean, it used to come every day. I remember when it stopped coming every day. It was like a huge deal, but yeah, we still get the paper, okay. the Sunday paper at least, and I think a few other days whenever they're still delivering. But yeah, it's kind of sad. It's kind of a falling art. I mean, yeah, I I was never one to sit in front of the paper, but I love reading the news. Like I, I'll do it online. Yeah. Um, which I guess is the way it's going now, but you know, I, I was never the person to, to grab the paper and read it. Um, in most cases, I do read the gross point news a lot in the, in the actual paper. And there are some stories in the, in the free press and the news that I'll read, um, you know, in the actual paper. It's nice. I want to feel the print, <laughs> feel the newsprint. I know. I haven't read a newspaper in a long time. I know. It's just so weird how it's, how it's changing. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to get into today? No, I think that's just about it. I really don't want to talk about the Lions anymore. That's No, sure. I don't care. <laughs> Screw the Lions. But yeah, I, I think I got off my chest what I needed to say about, uh... How did that feel? Did you, did you feel better? It felt good, because I was really ready to go. I was ready to throw some hands. Just like Kelly, I would have thrown a soft pretzel at Mitch Album. I, I I'm it. very happy there were no pretzels around here. <laughs> I'm also happy Mitch Album was nowhere to be found, too. I mean, that could have been disastrous. <laughs> It was a weak moment, okay? <laughs> no, it was, it was good, Zach. It really was. I I, I love that stuff. <laughs> it was it was absolutely great. Um, I mean, you know, it's a great guy to go after Mitch album. So, yeah. I wonder if he'll listen to this. Um, Mitch, give us a call. We can have a friendly discussion. Yeah, about we should it. have him on the podcast. I would love to have a discussion with him about this. Y- Mitch, you are invited. So please, <laughs> really, we, we'd love to talk to you. We're I'm professional. Sure he, I'm sure he's listening. Uh, he has to be. Yeah, I'm sure he this is. is. Cutting out early. That says it all. We'll send him an email. We'll, we'll, <laughs> no, he'll send us an email. Oh yeah, sorry. We'll have our, his people get in touch with our people, yeah. and we'll we'll make we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Look for Mitch album to be on our Tuesday show. <laughs> Tuesdays with cutting out early. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what is well, it? AM nine seventy. We'll be on that. AM seven sixty. Oh my bad. I don't think he had. Does he still have a show? He used to host a show every every day on, on 760 on yeah. WJR, but I don't know if he does anymore. I don't know. Um, well, we'll get another show in here before Thanksgiving rolls around. Uh, we have a week, and um, we got a fun weekend coming up. 
Um, I'm excited for the Spartans. That's going to be yeah. fun. I, I'm, I've got something going on. I may not be able to watch most of it, um, but I'll be following it. Curious to hear what you think. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, like us, rate us, review us. Go to Instagram. Go to Twitter. Go to Facebook. Cutting out early. You'll find us in, like I said, send us an email. Please send us an email. Cuttingoutearly.podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we thank everyone for tuning in and tell a friend. Absolutely. Tell a couple friends. It'd be great. More friends. And we'll see you guys next week. Join the movement. Adios. See ya.